welcome back to Brunch Talks with Mandy Rose, a place where we discuss today's social issues, highlight some local women, and what's brunch without your favorite drink and some funny stories. So go ahead, pour yourself a glass, and let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Brunch Talks with Mandy Rose. On this episode, I have Vanessa Villa with us. She is a realtor with First Team Real Estate Company, licensed in, since 2006, so this makes 15 years. Um, she has come on to share her journey and knowledge on how to build wealth in the real estate industry. Um, so Vanessa, first, I want to thank you for coming on and talking to the audience. Uh, I know this is probably a subject a lot of people in the audience are probably at that age where they're starting to look into things. So I think it's great that you accepted like coming on and sharing a little bit of information because I probably if I didn't ask people that have already bought a house wouldn't know anything if I were to try to go and buy a house right now. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, but yeah, can you just give us a little bit of background on you? Um, just a little bit of your story to start off and then we can get into the real estate of it all. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Mandy, for having me on your podcast. It's an mm-hmm. honor. And hello, everybody. Thank you for listening. Um, my name again is Vanessa Villa with First Team Real Estate. I appreciate you um, joining in with uh, joining in with us today. And um, just to share with you guys a little bit more, I wanted to um, share with you guys my journey and uh, how did I join real estate, uh, my background of where did I come from, and also most importantly, how to help you guys achieve uh, the the purchase of your first home and continue to build wealth with real estate. So I'm here today to help educate our community on how to achieve the American dream of owning a home. If you own a home, how to move up to a bigger home or continue to invest in real estate and how to build wealth in your real estate goals. So I look forward to sharing with you guys a little bit more pointers of how I could assist you you with your goals. Awesome. I love it. Um, So let's talk about first, how did you even get into real estate? Like, was it something that you wanted to do ever since you were a kid or did you more kind of like you know, find yourself in it at some point in your life. It's actually very interesting, uh, Mandy, that you say, like you say, how did I get into real estate? I've been involved in real estate since I was basically 16 and a half. Um, So I did start working at a very young age as Mm -hmm. I had to be a support to my family. Mm -hmm. Um, I got my first job actually at Sears when I think you could get like your what is it? Working permit back then? Oh yeah. You had to be signed off or something, I think to work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would work at Sears in the evenings. I think I was like 14 and a half or 15 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would only work a few hours and, you know, still go to school, played sports. I did uh, do cross country and soccer, love to run. I love sports. So, um, uh, that's basically what occurred. And as I started, um, I was hungry again, because I really wanted to um, help my family mm-hmm. achieve, uh, come out, out of our um, problems that we have had. Um, my father suffered a really uh, bad accident at the age, I was 14, actually. And my mother was the only supporter. Um, okay. Yeah. So the she was uh, the only supporter um, in our family. So we had a house to pay and my sister at that time, if I'm not mistaken, she was like seven. Um, so dad was in coma for six months in the Ooh. hospital. Yeah. So it was, it was difficult. So 
I basically had to put my big hat and I had to help my mother. Mm-hmm. So um, I did work at Sears for a little bit um, uh, as a retail. Um, yeah. You know, just, um, and then from there on, uh, one of my uh, friend's uh, sister used to work at a mortgage company and she mentioned they were hiring and she's like, they're paying like, I think it was like $10 an hour or something. And mm-hmm. I mean, I remind you, this is like a long time ago. Um, and Ten dollars an hour at that time, it was a lot of money. I, was say, I feel like that was a lot. Even when I first started, I'm trying to think like what the the wage was, like my very first like per diem job. And I want to say it might have been like eight or something. Yes, yeah, so it was a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently. So um, so we're excited and um we got hired. I was a file clerk at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, worked like four hours, uh, three or four days out of the week. Mm-hmm. And, um, basically, uh, that that's how I would support my mom and, or basically if I would, I wouldn't support my mom, at least I would take away the burden of her helping me with my lunch and my sports and everything else on that Mm -hmm. end. So, um, and I would also, uh, help my sister with stuff that she needed to at that point. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I got into mortgage. We worked for, um, Emory financial at that point at 16, uh, uh, 16 and a half approximately. And worked there for a little bit. Um, then uh, we, the market, the real estate market um, had a effect, in other words, a crash. Mm-hmm. And um, it, we were let go. So now okay. I was like, um, I obviously had to go to college. Yeah. And um, I, that again, that's expected in our, that was expected, expected for me and my family that I had to go to college one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um my mother basically, um, or my, my parents would, um, always stuck me in any program available possible to involving college basically. So I was part of upper bound in that time. Um, upper bound was a program that every summer you would be typical. You would be off school during summer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> uh, trips and stuff like that um, with family, but we didn't have those resources. So my parents had, to, my mom had to work. And um, at that time, um, upper bound was the best thing for us. I would go to UCI for um, summertime and mm-hmm. I was dropped off there on Sunday evenings and picked up on Friday, uh, Friday evenings. Oh, wow. And, yeah, so I lived on campus during my summer, and mm-hmm. I would take college uh, classes during during that time. Well, dang! So that must have put you ahead then a little, like for your college credits, correct? Uh, yes, it did put me ahead a lot. Mm-hmm. Which I was super blessed and happy, and also helped me also get into a four year in um, university, which I did attend Cal State Fullerton. Okay. Um, so, you know, going into my mortgage, how I got into the real estate, um, mm-hmm. basically I was 16, I, I guess I was like 17 and a half. So we studied very, I have another girlfriend of mine, um, studied very, very hard uh, to try to pass a test. You have to be 18 years and older to take the test of real estate. Okay. Um, so we would study a lot and going to college and stuff like that. Um, I think we pass a test right off the bat because obviously I think we just have the education and background already mm-hmm. in our head. Um, and, um, basically got my license at 18. Wow. <laughs> I got <That's> my license. <laughs> yeah. I got my license at 18. Uh, we did go through a light school school, um, which is still, um, it's still 
uh, they still offer courses. I actually just uh, registered to get my broker license, uh, to study for my broker license there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where my journey started off. I had 18, basically got licensed. I, I started college at 17 and a half and mm -hmm. I was practicing real estate at 18, basically. So you were working like pretty much your like career time, full-time job and going to school at the same time. Yes. Dang girl. Like I, I did my regular nine to five, but most of the time it was like half like classes, like maybe eight units until like the last two years. Then I was like, full, sorry, full-time student, but that was rough. But I can only imagine you doing that and going to school. Props yeah. to you, girl. Thank That's you. awesome. Yeah. It was, I mean, I think at that point, I don't think I was ever tired because I was just very active. And mm. I think it goes back to the fact that, um, you know, trying to help the family. And also, I think there's always like a social, um, you know, society expects us to go to college and expects us to do certain things in, in life, right? So um, that was a huge expectation to my, to my parents that I mm -hmm. did have to attend college. And actually, I'm the first person in my family that went to college and actually graduated as well. Nice. So, yeah, that was pretty, um, pretty nice. And mm -hmm. I mean, it was just amazing. That's great. Um, OK, so went to school, got your, got your license actually while you were in school, um, started selling. Do you remember like this is just a random question. I just want to know if you can remember the feeling like the feeling of like your first big sell, like your first house, I guess. Or <laughs> I do, actually. And it's funny because um, they always say uh, it's funny because I those clients are still my clients today. Are they? Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I have probably sold, uh, probably moved them around like three, four times on multiple homes during my <laughs> career. Um, so when I joined um, real estate, I joined real estate with a very small brokerage and mm -hmm. they would basically tell us, uh, go door knock, just like sales, sales job, basically. Mm -hmm. And if you guys have never um, listened to Les Brown's uh, um, video that it's, it says, I'm hungry. Uh, you you got to be hungry. That's what he says. That's his title on YouTube, Les Brown. Uh -huh. And says like you have how every door direct uh, door knock sales are so hard. So basically we were taught to do the uh, door knocking and I did door knock on this, uh, this lead and they lived in an apartment complex, multiple families. And they said, well, we want to buy a house. We don't know what to do. And mm -hmm. so I was introduced to them and they actually ended up getting all together and bought a house, uh, a big house in the city of Orange. Um, I think it's like 800,000 because the market was really high as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, it was like about 800,000. <laughs> wow. That's great that they're like still like your clients to this day. Um, because you started so young, did you face any like maybe people looking at you like they might be older, I don't know, thirties, whatever, buying a house, but here you are like 19, 20, like, were they like, how does this girl, like, does she even know what she's doing? Do you remember if you faced any of that? I mean, you might've not, but. I do actually. I think that was been a big, um, it, I, I do, I really do remember. And a lot of it would be, uh, would be people saying like, you're so young, you don't even own a home. And I think every time that I would hear that, it would just motivate me to like save every penny I could potentially one day and buy my own home, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and so the other thing that I did do was because I was so young, obviously I don't know everything. 
when um, I went through college, it was more of like a part-time job, in other words, because I did also have another, I mean, the market crash and the market crash and we didn't really have a lot of sales and it, it was different. It was different yeah. compared to a regular market. I didn't have that experience either. Um, I did have a, a 12 to five uh, job as a data entry um, doing medical uh, billing. Okay down the street from um, the college. And so that was my other income to support myself during this, the, that time. Mm-hmm. But when I did graduate college um, in 2008, I did go um, into a corporate law firm job, I would say. And um, I was there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was licensed. I was introduced to, um, in the industry, I met many role models and mentors in my industry. And um, I was introduced to uh, the firm where I, uh, another firm that I was with for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, um, I was working with somebody that had had more experience than I did. So basically, I, if I would do the legwork, I, I would still show like there was somebody behind me to represent, like to help us guide through the process. To make the clients feel a little more, the ones that at least weren't, but feel a little more comfortable. Like, okay, she has somebody else helping her too. (laughs) Yeah. So, so people would feel more comfortable too. And so, and at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, the mentors that have been in my, in in my career that have helped me, uh, were always there to just review the process basically Mm -hmm. and guide me and explain and learn. What's funny is all the, um, all the interviews that I've been doing for like this season and even past season um, and some of the networks that I've joined myself, there's a common common trend that I'm seeing, especially among women that have, you know, excelled in whatever their expertise is. They've all have mentioned the mentor thing. And it's going to be in a lot of my podcasts because almost everyone has mentioned mentor. And I I like to ask the question to everyone that mentions that is I feel like there's a lack of it in the women community, like a lack of it in the sense of you don't really know about it until it's kind of maybe just sprung on you. And then like how you met who dear mentor at that place. But before, like maybe when we were younger in high school or something, nobody really told us like, oh, go find a mentor or, you know, a mentor will help you. So I'm finding it as a really interesting trend, like the more and more I'm doing all these interviews with all these women and joining things, that is like a highly common trend of people succeeding is the mentor thing and so like it's it's just interesting that you brought it up as well because it's just been on every episode lately and I'm like okay I think I hopefully the listeners are catching on if you need something trying to excel in your thing go find you a mentor because I think it might be something that will help you um it's really true it's honestly really true and um it, it, it goes back to the fact that like you know Kobe Bryant um everybody that does uh, sports at a high level. I mean, they don't do it on their own. They didn't, they always pick up a coach, um, pick up a mentor, um, just, just all through the board, you know? So, um, it's, I I feel like that's where, um, you know, we have, we really want to succeed. We really do need to ask for help and, um, and let, and learn and take that information actually versus just take, I mean, listening to them and be like, all right, okay, what's next, you know? So we actually have take it for um and put it in practice basically so yeah mentor is a big thing i actually do i am open to mentoring i am mentoring a young um latina as well right now um Mm -hmm. and 
I do mentor a few people during my each year. Not a lot, but I do take upon a few people. That's awesome. But and I've heard it. It's also a lot of your time too. So you have to be ready to like commit that time to that person because they're committing to you as well. So that's great that you do that. And that she's also like a you said like a younger Latina like you in your own community. So speaking of you know the Latino and Latina community, uh, I'm sure. Well, you are one, you're part of it as well, like I am, but I'm sure you've seen some common trends when it comes to, you know, buying a house or if there is a lack of knowledge within our community about buying our house, or if there isn't, like there might be, there might not. I'm not in the industry, you would know more, obviously, but have you seen any common trends of, is it something that you feel that is like the actual knowledge of buying a house, not just the knowledge of, hey, you should get like get a house when you get older, like that's your goal, but the actual knowledge of here's some steps, here's what you should go look like. Do you think that gets taught to us at a young age in our own communities? I do not think it's taught in our own communities. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's taught in our schools, which I feel that personal opinion, right? I feel mm-hmm. like we should have a financial class uh, okay. in schools. And um, I, I think that that would make everybody's life easier mm-hmm. instead of uh, when you turn 18 you get all these applications of hey you got credits like yes do it, right so mm. x and x and x store is sending you all these uh all these credit cards and what happens a year after is that you're now you're 19 20 and you have all this debt that you have no idea how you even racked up thousand dollars example yeah um, and now instead of having a, be- a good credit you have a bad credit so mm-hmm. i think that's really um that's the number thing that should be corrected in our schools in my opinion yeah um, teach people how to build their credit because credit is the number one thing that will allow you to purchase a home um in 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 this country basically because credit is basically where people uh, investors could trust you and yeah. then and, um, within our community, um, I think it really, it's really, it really depends on the family, on the family, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I think in my, in my case, like our, our community, like our family is basically, we were, <laughs> I mean, we were kind of like society, I guess like that's what society says we have to do. And it kind of, that's what we have, like, that's what we were taught in my head yeah. for like myself, you know, like, for example, like I had to go to college and like. I have to buy a house and like now like I have to get married and I have to have kids you know mm-hmm. and I'm like here I am I'm 35 I have no kids and I'm like the weirdest of my family because I have no kids right so it's um, okay I'm 33 <laughs> without some too so it's all right girl <laughs> but you know what I mean some, yeah. some stuff like society expects us to do and have and um it, it just doesn't it doesn't fit in everybody's timeline so mm-hmm. I think people should really um make it a goal and also work with a professional like myself, like mm-hmm. to help you walk you through the process to get you there. Yeah. Um, so the number one thing basically would be build credit, take care of your credit. That's the mm-hmm. number one thing I could tell you. And um, our in in our household, I mean, basically, obviously, saving money as well. But if you can't if you can't take care of your credit, you won't be able to achieve that goal as easy. Basically, yeah. What is um. Most people, I would say most people should know, but I'm going to say there's probably some people that don't even know what is good. Like, what's the score for, I always do air quotes guys on this dang podcast and I'm always like this and you guys can't see me, but what is the (laughs) score for like the, I guess the bottom level of good credit? 
Okay, so in order for you to purchase a house, you could purchase mm -hmm. a house with the starting credit of 620 credit okay. score. And 620 credit score realistically, honestly, is like a, a C on a, on a great, on a, on a report card. Okay. Um, so you can buy a house with 620, but with that being said, it's also going to cost you on a percentage of interest rate. Got it. So um, in today's world, you could get an interest rate of 2.7%, but you have to have a 720 uh, credit score or better. And if you have a 620, that's probably going to be a 3.125 interest rate. So as you mm -hmm. can see, there's a big difference. And another thing I do want to bring up that I do see a lot in our, in our community is that um, I just, it goes back to society, I think. And um, it goes back to say, like everybody wants to own a car at 18 and have the most luxurious cars and, mm -hmm. you know, et cetera. So, I mean, unfortunately owning a car under your credit, it just only pushes you back to the goal of you owning a home um, because the credit card, the credit, the cars are so expensive, you know, car, car payments are so expensive. So instead of helping you, it's actually bringing down the leverage of power that you could actually buy on a, on your home. Oh, I did not know that one at all. Like I, I've known a little bit. Um, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, I know a lot about these things, but, um, that one I have honestly never heard. So that's really good. Like new information. I'm sure there's people out there probably who've never heard that part either, but what about with somebody that like leases, like a car? Well, leases um, are obviously lower, um, lower payments, which mm -hmm. is not as, doesn't hit you as bad. I'm taught, I would refer more to like the, uh, the payments are like 800, a thousand dollars. You're talking about like super, like actual luxury, luxury cars. <laughs> yes. Or even just, there's some cars that I've seen that sometimes I'm like, wait, you bought that for how much? And, um, and then a lot of it goes back to because people's credit are not that good and they're paying 25% on a, on a car, mm -hmm. uh, you know? So, I mean, their payments are really high. Um, so leases don't really affect you as much, but if you're looking to buy a car, I would suggest and recommend that maybe you get, um, maybe somebody that's not looking to buy a house to help you, any, uh, to help you with the car, um, to put that loan under their name. Okay. Um, for example, like uh, a lot of parents already own a home and maybe we could go ask and seek help to them to see if they could put that car under their name. And I think a lot of it honestly is like we are taught that we should go ahead and buy a car under our name just to build credit. But there's so many ways that we could build credit versus actually owning a car under our name. Hmm. That is good to know. And that, I think that was actually something my first car wasn't like a new car. Um, I had like, you know, everybody gets a used car. Well, not everybody. I shouldn't say everybody, but my first car was a used car because, you know, my dad's like, at some point you're going to crash, not necessarily like a big crash, but you might hit it here. Like you're just learning to drive. You're going to scratch it some way. So he's like, you're not getting a new car just to beat up. And then, you know, and I did, I got into a few little fender benders. So he was 100% right. But no, you are taught like, you know, get a car, like it'll help your credit. And that is something I've actually heard before. So it's, it's good to hear you know, other information, especially from somebody that is an expert at like buying a house. So if that is something in my future, like I should think about that. What are some, what do you feel like are some of the biggest like things that people don't know, at least when going into like buying their first house? Like, is there a common question that everybody always comes to you or a mistake that they make when looking for a first house? Um, well, one of the first things that I have seen, um, you know, being in the industry for now 15 years, I have helped multiple families buy their first home and also 
um, sell and move to a bigger home or buy investments. Mm -hmm. Um, but the number one thing that I have always seen is that a lot of people assume they must have a certain amount of money to purchase their first home. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what I always say is we're never going to find out where you stand if we don't review your financial situation. And uh, there are so many down payment assistance programs available in, in Riverside County, Orange County, LA County, mm-hmm. that uh, there's, they're well-funded and people don't take you know, advantage of them, basically. Okay. Now, of course, you do need money to buy a house, a certain amount of money to buy a house. But we also will never find out what that X amount is if we never have uh, basically a consultation on reviewing your finances and see where you stand. And then also like, don't be afraid of like setting up a time to do a consultation and reviewing your finances. And you're like thinking, I don't have the best credit score. Um, I don't have the funds today or like, I don't even have $500 or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So don't be afraid because what we do with my team and I, basically what we do is we basically set you up. We set a goals with you and set you up to where you, where you could buy in the near future. So it helps you to give you like a long, a, a big picture perspective. Like, yes, maybe I don't have the money now, but what do I need if I want to have the money in three years or something, just knowing random numbers it, out there, it, but exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then right now, you know, we are having tax returns coming in, in February, March, and mm-hmm. a lot of people they're like, well, we'll just put it away. And then eventually people will end up say, uh, wasting that money instead of reinvesting it in their mm-hmm. um, their home purchase. And so you'll be surprised, but maybe we could use that tax return to actually, uh, to start the purchase of your home as, mm-hmm. because again, there's so many down payment assistance that we could definitely help you. Um, when you purchase a house, you need a down payment and you also need uh, money for closing costs. And I could definitely elaborate a little bit more into that. Um, if, you, if they want to reach out to me and I could explain to the percentages of such, mm-hmm. but with that being said, there is multiple programs that honestly could cover basically everything you just have to come in with as little as one and a half percent period of the sales price nice okay so i've seen personally i've seen i'm sure people have seen ads too because you're talking about all these programs and like california first time buyer programs or even like these rent to own things are those things like really real or things that people should even be paying attention in are they more kind of just bringing i don't want to call them scams like but are they really what they are <laughs> yeah well there there is a lot of advertisement out there and of course there is a lot of scams because especially i think more than ever in today's world we due to covid we have seen more scams than anything before right so mm-hmm. um there is definitely a lot of programs available and one of the biggest ones that we um, i like to work with is the gfsa which is the golden uh, state program mm-hmm. and um, number two is the cal hafa gfsa so basically these programs um, are funded by the federal by the government and they have a lot of money and so those are the programs you'll see all these pictures and ads and everything zero down zero something and at the end Mm -hmm. of the day you'll have to end up paying something they i mean it goes it goes uh it goes every case is different that's what i like to tell everybody Mm -hmm. every case is different um you may have a the best credit possible but you just don't have the money or you may have money but you don't have the best credit possible and they can't offer you that zero percent so um and then uh, to answer your question about rent to own 
Honestly, I don't believe on rent to uh, rent to own. Um, I think back in the days, that was a big thing. Like I'm talking about like 1970s, 1980s, maybe mm-hmm. that was a big thing, you know, like, okay, stay here for six months or a year and then we'll sell it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but in today's world, really what it is, is you are renting for one year example, or let's say you do five years you're committing to pay the price of that house of what the fair market value is today. If that makes oh, sense. So if it goes, let's say down, you're still committing to whatever you signed five years ago, if that was your agreement. Exactly. And then it goes back, it goes back to the landlord as well. Why would the landlord want to commit to selling you the house if the home goes up and now they're going to lose? So yeah. it's really not as common anymore. Um, but honestly, I just say revisit the idea in a year or two when you're Mm -hmm. ready to purchase that house, because you may be, you may be in a benefit position that you could get that property for lower or vice versa. The seller may say, you know what? I don't want to sell it. Mm, True. And uh, what what if you don't like the neighborhood? That's true too. It's just the only place I actually honestly ever see that is like on Facebook, random ads. That's why I'm always been like, this has to be a scam. Cause I'll just like go in and look at the pictures. Like, yes, I'm one of those people. I would probably walk through a house if it had like a showing just to see it. Right. But, um, and I'll look at these pictures and I'll be like, there's no way, like, this doesn't make sense. Cause these houses are like beautiful houses and it's like rent to own only 800 a month. Blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, not in California. Like, no, like, what is this? So I've always wanted to ask a realtor this question, just out of pure curiosity. So I'm glad you answered that. That's a great question because honestly, what they try to do is they say that, you know, okay, your payment is a thousand, let's say $2,000 for your rent. Right. And they're stating they're going to be putting some amount into your, into the fund for your down payment and such. It's just, honestly, there's just way too much, too many questions at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And you may not, you just, it just may not be the best ideal situation for you. Yeah, no, it makes sense. That's kind of what I thought it was, to be completely honest with you. I was like, there's no way this is 100% true. So, but I'm just glad to have your expertise on that. (laughs) Um, Do you only do homes or do you also do like commercial um, real estate or even like if somebody's looking to, I would say, I don't know, run an apartment or lease like a building or something, do you offer those services as well? Are you just housing? That's a great question. So basically I do single family residence. Uh, I do Mm -hmm. residential real estate basically. And I also do leases and I also do commercial. Um, So I have done those, those uh, basically all the areas of real estate um, in my career. And um, so most of the time, just to give you a little feedback of uh, how it starts, uh, most of the time I'll end up helping a single person or mm-hmm. a uh, couple rent their first home. And then from there, we just stay in contact and now they're ready to purchase their home. Why? Because we have reviewed their finances and guide them and told them, hey, you should be buying a house. Did you know that you could be paying the rent to your own mortgage versus paying rent and throwing it out? Mm-hmm. Because I'm already seeing their finances. And so now I have set them up to where they next year with the lease comes up or um, let's say in two years, they're they have the capacity to move on and actually find their first home. Mm -hmm. Um, And then going on to um, commercial, basically, uh, I do have a lot of clients that have uh, sold or or bought other, I do have a lot of clients that have sold 
their primary residence and moved into four units, six units, seven units. I mean, I think we had one that we sold for, it was 10 units. Um, And so, uh, and also other clients that have purchased buildings for their businesses. One thing I do want to bring up in today's uh, meeting and especially how build wealth, um, you could buy a, a four unit property building right now. You could live in one and mm. do it as your primary residence as a first time buyer, which you could buy this home as low as 3.5% down. And if you buy that uh, building with any of the assistance that is available for down payment assistance, just picture the, the wealth that you're building for the future. So even if you, if you want to live all together with your family and everybody wants to live close together and such, you could buy a building, live in one, you know, live in one unit and then let the other, the other families live in others. And I mean, technically you're buying that. That's the easiest way to get into a multifamily home. You know, what's funny is me and my cousin, uh, were just joking last night, actually, because I went and dropped some stuff off at her house and. I'm sure everybody knows, at least in California, the lotto is like crazy right now. Hi. Mm-hmm. And we were like, so, you know, we're just, we're normal people thinking we're going to win the lotto or all planning it. And we're like, yeah, we'll just buy like a whole block so that, well, the cousins that we want to live with, we can all live in like, you know, <laughs> one area. But I mean, what you're saying makes sense too, as well, because we're dreaming about the lotto, but Hey, that, when you guys win it, you guys call me and I would love to sell you guys an apartment complex. Girl, <laughs> if I win it, I will be calling you this Friday. Like, all right, where's this apartment complex for me and my cousin? <laughs> oh my God, the entire block. You, I mean, you just yeah. know, right? That would be amazing. So, I mean, and it, there is a lot of families that we do help that they end up doing that. You know, they end up mm-hmm. buying because a lot of the times they can't find something that is, um, that is big enough for them and, they don't have the down payment or it only qualifies. I mean, I personally think it's just makes the most logic. And if, you know, like Warren Buffett says, um, the, the real estate is what makes wealth. And if we take a look at the people that one of the richest, richest people in, in the world are basically built by real estate. So imagine that you could just buy this property this apartment complex with the lowest payment, the lowest down payment possible Mm -hmm. and uh, live in the property for a minimum of two years. And then you could buy a bigger home. And now you rent that, that unit where you were living in and now makes, now you're collecting residual income or at least it's paying off on its own Mm -hmm. and you get to move on to another property and buy another property. And then you could do that same thing over and over that's just basically how a lot of a lot of people do it to build their portfolio. That makes sense. And I've been I've actually been hearing a lot of that like recently, just like within some of the networks I've been joining and people I've been talking to, like they talk about that, like, you know, investing in property and what you can build off of it and all this other stuff. And I mean, what you're saying, I think it's great that some people should probably really, you know, think about it, go into consideration. Like you said, do a do a consultation. Don't be scared of what you know, what you might have in the bank right now or what you might not have in the bank right now, but at least you know where you could be in the next year or two or where you want to be or how to get where you want to be at least. And exactly, you'll never know if you don't ask the questions either. Like, that's the thing. Like, if I say, if that is something I want in like three years, but I'm just sitting here like, okay, in three years, I'll just look at a house. Like, I'm not going to know what to prepare for. So why not find someone like you, ask those questions, see what I need to do. So I have those three years to get ready and then 
I'll be ready when I am like yeah and um and again like we we would have to run you know the um, numbers through the down payment assistance um and basically um at that point you would find out whether you qualify and if you don't and then it maybe you do qualify let's say you qualify through everything mm-hmm. and you're not ready to purchase that house today um also a lot what i have found is that there's so many people out there that are currently renting and actually paying more than what their mortgage would be so you would yeah. learn a lot in this consultation that um basically you're not aware of in other words mm-hmm. and, would you uh, say um I've had a lot of people tell, like, when I was, like, renting apartments and stuff, um, and I'm going to actually say it was people outside of our Latino community that would have this opinion on renting, um, <laughs> where they were like, don't rent, just buy. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry you were born into a certain amount of wealth that, like, that was your first option. And they're like, you're just wasting all of your money, you're wasting all of this, like, would you, and I get, I get to what extent, like, yes, renting could be that at some point, but would you say, even like, say for somebody that's young, like, I don't know, 20, 21, just moving out, like, if they don't honestly have the option to buy, and they weren't born into where their families are like, oh, we're gonna help you buy a house or something. Do you think that's something you should be telling people like, oh, renting is just a waste of your money at that age, like, where are they gonna live? Um, I don't necessarily, th- I, I, I would not approach it that way. <laughs> I, think, I think, I mean, it's, I mean, we all have it, uh, have, have it rough and obviously we're all, you know, trying to live day by day and, yeah. uh, you know, so, um, I wouldn't approach it that in that necessarily way, but it's kind of like the way I would describe it is more like, we're never going to find out mm-hmm. what is in your capacity if we never look outside our, what our mind knows, basically. True. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had a situation one time that I sold, I think it was like three units and one tenant had been there for 38 years. Wow. Yeah. And that the owner, when, when he bought that house, I think it was like 138,000 that the homeowner, the owner bought it. That's crazy. A long time ago. Yeah. And then uh, the house sold for seven hundred and twenty thousand. Wow! Yes, and the tenant was in that house for that long. Um, so he said he just never he never bothered. He didn't know who to talk to. He never, and he had been working at his job for a very long time mm-hmm. and stable income, stable everything. He paid his rent on time. And one thing I think a lot of it, a lot of the stuff that I do see within, um, which is just in general, just in society, what I see is that sometimes we're, we're comfortable paying, you know, a certain amount of rent potentially, mm-hmm. like, you know, what we call, you know, rent and, um, and we're like, oh, well, I'm not gonna be able to afford that payment. Um, but a lot of the times that we do take, uh, in, if we do take and analyze our finances and how much money you're paying on cable, how much money you're paying on uh, going out to eat, how mm-hmm. much, money you're paying, you know, et cetera. I think there's a lot of holes where we could actually adjust and start uh, basically making that extra $500 payment instead of renting. If that's mm-hmm. if that to be the case. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and like I said, many of the times, sometimes the goal, the, the payments are actually, the rents are actually higher than what your mortgage payment's going to be. I remember, um, my apartment in Glendora when 
my brother's mortgage payment, I want to say was like 300 less than our apartment payment. And I was like, what the hell, man? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is really crazy. And mm-hmm. rent, as you guys know, have been continued going up. And I mean, finally, last year, there was a 5% cap that no landlord basically could increase um, more than that a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, they were just going outrageous. I mean, rent yeah. going up dramatically. And so, yeah, so there's a lot of help out there. There's a lot of things that we can review. There's just a lot of things that, um, you know, I, I, I see it possible for you to be able to own a home, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm out here today. I want to spread the word and I want to help our community um, achieve their goal of owning a home if not at least set a goal to own their home in the near future. Got it. And where can, if this, you know, encourage somebody to finally reach out to someone like, okay, I'm going to start this process. Where can um, any of the listeners find you like your website or how can, can they email you? How can they get a hold of you? Absolutely. So um, you can go onto my Instagram at Vanessa B as in boy, V as in Victor, I L L A. So that's Vanessa B via. Mm-hmm. Um, and under my bio, you'll find my calendar and you could go ahead and book a bio, um, a buyer's first time consultation. So awesome. it brings you up right to my calendar. Um, so if you're interested, you don't even have to talk to me at the beginning or anything, or you could go ahead and call me or text me at 714-240-4025. And And, go ahead. Sorry. No, as I said, we'll put all of this in the description as well. So if you guys didn't like get to write that down or anything, um, well, I'll link her Instagram and I'll put her number in there. Any last advice you want to give to someone who's, you know, ready to at least take the initiative to start the process? And I don't necessarily mean start the process of buying the house, but start the process of at least investing in your knowledge of what needs to be done. Um, so one of the biggest advice, uh, advices that I could give to our mm-hmm. community is that um, if you are in a lot of debt and um, don't know even where to start and in your head, you're like, you know what, I'm way far away of owning a home today. Or let's say you already own a home and mm-hmm. you want to make a move up, especially right now with COVID, everybody's staying home and we're all cuddled up in our little corners, you know, <laughs> studying, working, et cetera. Yeah. Right. And your dream would be to buy a bigger home as well or invest. Um, one of the bi- biggest advice that has, ho- has helped me in the past when I was a kid after college, obviously, mm-hmm. um, has been Dave Ramsey. I uh, linked up with Dave, Dave Ramsey. Um, I did his program um, and I, you don't even have to pay anything. Just if you follow, if just follow his podcast, mm-hmm. follow his Instagram or follow, I mean, just he's all over the board and he has a lot of books. So basically he talks about snowfall, um, paying your smallest credit card and getting rid of those. So that's one of the biggest advice that I could give um, to mm-hmm. Are. And, and honestly, if you do have a lot of debt or have a lot of collections or gone through bankruptcy and don't know where, where to start, or you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to even call. Don't feel embarrassed because honestly, I mean, like we're here to help and you'll be surprised what you'll learn to find out where, how you could achieve your goal. But that's what I would say. Um, check out Dave Ramsey as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I hope you find that helpful. Yeah, I think I've, I feel like I've learned a lot. So I hope, you know, our audience has learned a lot as well. Um, I really thank you for coming on and talk about this because I feel like it's not, I don't think it's necessarily a subject that just like 
comes up in an everyday conversation unless you're like talking to somebody who's talking about like buying a house or something it's not just like oh hey guys like did you did you hear that thing about buying a house and it's like you know like it's not just an everyday subject but it's one that impacts you so much and one that requires so much knowledge because it's not just going online like oh that house is cute purchase like there's so many dang steps to like everything and so many steps that you probably don't know if you've never gone through any of the processes. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of that and sharing at least resources too. And, you know, you have your, your services as well. So if anybody's interested, I definitely recommend, you know, reaching out to Vanessa. She's great. She can help you out. Um, Any questions, we'll have her Instagram on there. I'm sure if you send her a DM, she can probably get back to you too. Um, Thank you so much for having me on and I look forward to servicing, serving everybody um, that is interested in learning further about how um, gaining wealth in real estate. Awesome. Thanks guys. And we hope you have a rest of a good, a rest of the good day and we will catch you next week. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Hey everyone, welcome back to Brunch Talks with Mandy Rose, a place where we discuss today's social issues, highlight some local women, and what's brunch without your favorite drink and some funny stories. So go ahead, pour yourself a glass, and let's jump into today's episode.